Hi sister, this is Denise with Far Above Podcast. Today, I want to share something that the Lord was showing me through a study that I was doing um, through a book called Praying God's Word. It's written by Beth Moore and it's um, entitled Praying God's Word, Breaking Free from Spiritual Strongholds. In the book, I highly recommend the book by the way. In the book, um, on page four, it starts talking about the weapons of our warfare. As you know, we've been praying for our prodigals and for their return or salvation, for them to be freed from the strongholds that have ensnared them. But something that I wasn't expecting on this journey was how God wanted to set me free my strongholds and draw me close to him and I will say it again I've said it before uh, to many of my friends that there is nothing deeper uh, in, in a mama's heart than the love that they have for their child my love for my children is so profound that I am willing to, you know, die for them, live for them, um, give them the last meal, my last brownie or cookie. Now that's a sacrifice because I'm a foodie. Um, And so I really believe that God knew that our prodigals were going to choose the decisions that they made and he loves them more than we do. He wants the best for them, just like we do. But he also knew that we, as moms, were going to be willing to be steadfast in prayer and pray fervently and seek the Father continually like that widow that sought the Father that Jesus talks about in the Bible. And isn't it beautiful that when you break down really what it is that we were created for, we were created to be, we were made in the image of God, male and female. We were created to worship God. We're created to have a relationship with God. And so because Adam and Eve, you know, they had, they had, they, they, they sinned and they, they, um, just totally changed the relationship through their sin, through their actions. They didn't even realize the ramifications of their choices and the significant security and acceptance that God had beautifully put together in the garden and the relationship that they would have with him, God the Father, would be everything they need. But when they chose to sin, that perfect union, that perfect relationship was, was broken. And so that is why Jesus came to restore relationship with the creation and its creator with us humans made in God's image. And what a beautiful gift that Jesus gave us so sacrificially so that we could have relationship once again with the Father because our holy, perfect, just Father 
can have nothing to do with sin. And so sin separates us from the Father, from the beautiful relationship that He created us to have, from the security and acceptance and significance that we can only get from God. That was broken. But Jesus made a way. He, If you imagine, you know, visually, I'm a visual person, the diagram that so many people have seen in the past where we've got uh, two, I, I would say maybe mountains, and God is on one side, and we humans are on the other, and in between is a chasm. At one time, we were living together beautifully in the garden, and then Adam and Eve sinned, and that separated us. It was almost like uh, a fault line, a divide, just went right between Adam and Eve and God. Well, one, they were kicked out of the garden, and they, um, the cherub and the angel that was placed at the garden in front of the tree of, um, it was the tree of life, so that they couldn't live eternal, I mean, they couldn't live forever, um, because now their eyes had been opened, and they, they, they knew everything, the sin, and, um, they knew, you know, the knowledge of good and evil, and so, anyway, you've got this chasm separating God and his creation, and then Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, rising from the dead, and then ascending to heaven, his cross built, it just built a bridge from God and humanity. And it made a way for us to be able to leave that, that our side and be able to go have a relationship with our creator, with our heavenly father once again. And it's so beautiful. And that's what God is wanting from us moms is a relationship, a deeper relationship than we maybe have ever experienced before. And in our most difficult trial and and utter brokenness, God is there extending his hand saying, come to me, daughter, you will find rest for your weary soul here with me. Sit on my lap. Let us Let's have conversation and let me fill you with hope and encouragement. Let me be your all in all and everything you need. So how beautiful is that? And and then God knew that because we desperately love our children and we know that they will never find significant security and acceptance fully to the fullest in the things of this world only in God and God alone will they be able to experience the fullness and the goodness of God that he had planned for them and they will be able to live out their their call their calling how beautiful is that we want that for our our prodigals and we want that for us as well and the rest of our family right so as I was reading this book it really um it opened my eyes to many things, things that I already knew and just kind of reminded me of. For instance, our weapons of warfare, how good our Heavenly Father is to give us the weapons of warfare that we need in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, and 5. He gives us the vital pieces 
of the information identifying the weapons of our warfare in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, and 5. And I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. It's, it's one of my favorite verses. Um, it's 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, and 5. And what it says, and this is in the Amplified Version, it says, For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of a man or of man. The weapons of our warfare, God's children, are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the, the true knowledge of God and we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ how beautiful is that and then in Ephesians 6 10, uh, 10 through 18 I'm going to go ahead and read that as well again in the amplified version it says, the heading for this is the armor of God. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from him, and be empowered through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might. Put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavenly, of a heavily armed soldier, so that you may be to able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness, in the heavenly supernatural places. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger and having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. So, stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist and having put on the breastplate of righteousness an upright heart and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news above all lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times, on every occasion, and in every season, in the spirit, and with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all of God's people. Beautiful. So, Beth Moore is sharing here something that really struck me. The sword of the spirit 
clearly identified as the word of God is the only offensive weapon listed in the whole armor of God. That's awesome. And that's on page five of the book that I just mentioned, Praying God's Word. And then it talks, she talks about Ephesians 6, 17, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. So she's talking about um, the, she says, I'm utterly convinced that the two major weapons with divine power in our warfare are the word of God and spirit empowered prayer. I would add to this Revelation, um, I believe it's Revelation 12, 21, 11. I'm going to look it up really quick because it says, and they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So we have a promise that we can defeat the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, sisters. So it is not Revelation 21, 11. It must be Revelation 12, 11. I think it is. So here it is. It says, sorry, I'm, I'm finding it for you real quick. Yeah. Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame and conquered him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony, for they did not love their life and renounce their faith, even when faced with death. Okay. So what Beth Moore is saying here is that we are in Ephesians 6, 17, that we pray in the spirit on all occasions. We have two divine weapons with divine power. And that power is a Greek word that is duname, meaning to be able. And we actually get an English word out of that, which is dynamite, which is derived from the same root word. And this is something that she said she said, virtually nothing we come up against in our individual Christian lives is more formidable than a stronghold. So the very nature of the term tells us that whatever it is, it has a stronghold on us. Strongholds can't be swept away with the spiritual broom. We can't fuss at them and make them flee. Strongholds are broken one way only. They have to be demolished. So... She talks about demolitions that maybe we've seen through, you know, like on TV, there's those building demolition days. Um, The word of God, the term fortress, is the closest equivalent to a literal ancient stronghold. Both were formidable buildings. The most common way a modern fortress is demolished today is by deliberately and strategically placing dynamite in the building and then uh, demolishing it. Or detonating it. God, and this is on page six, God has handed us two sticks of dynamite with which to demolish our strongholds. And get this, they are his word and prayer. What is more powerful than two sticks of dynamite placed in separate locations? Two strapped together. Now that's what this book is all about. 
Taking our two primary sticks of dynamite, prayer and the word, strap them together and igniting them with faith in what God says he can do. Wow. Woo. That's awesome. So it also says here, she also talks about lower um, at the bottom half of the page, prayer. And this is what I was, I'm alluding to that I spoke about earlier about our relationship with God. Prayer keeps us in constant communion with God, which is the goal of our entire believing lives. Without a doubt, prayerless lives are powerless lives, and prayerful lives are powerful lives. Believe it or not, the ultimate goal God has for us is not power, but personal intimacy with Him. Yes, God wants to bring us healing but more than anything he wants us to know our healer yes he wants to give us resurrection life but more than that he wants us to know the resurrection and the life and then this is on the top of page seven please let this truth sink in deeply it is never the will of god for warfare to become our focus the fastest way to lose our balance in warfare is to rebuke the devil more than we relate to God. The primary strength we have in warfare is godliness, which is achieved only through intimacy with God and salvation through Christ, the forgiveness of sins. Therefore, God will undoubtedly enforce prayer as one of the weapons of our warfare because his chief objective, sister, is to keep us connected entirely to him. There is so much in this book. I could go on and on reading her, <laughs> reading this book to you. The highlights in here um, that, that I just was so blessed. Just, you know, I read this 20, about 26 years ago. And then God reminded me of this book um, a couple months ago and then recently a couple days ago and it has blessed me and reminded me that his word is sharper than any two-edged sword able to pierce through bone and marrow and it is the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony it is the powerful words of God that will not return void that's a promise so sisters I know it's easy to look at our circumstances, to look at the, um, the things around us, to be discouraged, but I want you to refocus, pivot, recenter your mind back on to our creator, our father. Um, I can't find the address right now, but it is the scripture that's one of my favorites seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you seek ye first the kingdom of God that's our answer that's where we're going to find peace that passes all understanding that it's going to guard our hearts and minds through our precious Lord and Savior Christ that's where we're going to see transformative power as we Pour over God's word, memorize it, pray it back to him, and it transforms us from the inside out. 
And yes, God is hearing our prayers. It says in Revelation that he captures every single one of our prayers. And they are, they are so precious to him. So, I'd like to close this out in prayer and just encourage you that God wants a deeper relationship with us. He's allowing the circumstances. He did not cause them, but he's allowing the circumstances that we see or find ourselves in right now, the trials that we're finding ourselves right now, to work together for our good, as Romans 8.28 says. And for our good, what that looks like is a deeper relationship with God. Peace that passes all understanding. Joy unspeakable. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your mercy and your kindness and your love that is everlasting. I thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I thank you that you love us so deeply that we can't even fathom the kind of love you have for us, that you would send your perfect son to die on the cross for our sins, not stay dead, but to rise from the grave and to ascend to the right hand of you. And he is interceding for us constantly. Then you didn't leave us alone. You sent the Holy Spirit to live in us, to be our comforter, our teacher, everything. We are not alone. You love us. And you, your word, Romans 8, 28, that all things, not some, all things, God, work together for our good, for those that love you and are called according to your purpose. Thank you that we can count on that promise that all things are working together for our good. I don't understand how. My sister may not understand how, but we trust you and we believe in you because you say in your word that you're not a man, so you don't lie. And you also say in your word that your word never returns void. So, we believe you and we trust you. Thank you for using these trials to draw us close to you. Thank you for using these trials to refine us, to change us, to make us and mold us into the image of Christ until you take us home or Christ comes to get us. Thank you that you love us so much that you are working all things out. We can trust our prodigals in your hands. You've got them and you love them even more than we do. You're sovereign. You're on your throne. You reign and rule, God, and we trust you. We bless you. We praise you. We give you glory. We say thank you, and we love you. And we look forward to the expectant. We expectantly look forward to the answers to our prayers as we pray in one accord with you, as we seek you, as you um, help us to know how to pray, Holy Spirit in alignment with your will so that our prayers come to pass. We praise you and give you glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, sister, for listening. I pray that this blessed you. I pray that it encouraged you. If it did, please like and subs well, subscribe and share this with a friend that needs encouragement. And when you, when you, Put the little notification bell on you'll make sure to get 
my posts and my episodes as soon as they come out. I apologize for not being as faithful and I will, I'm working on making my, changing my schedule so that I can make sure to post once a week. It may not be Sundays anymore, uh, but it will be once a week. So when you, when you notice, when you put that little notification bell on, on all, you will get my latest episode. And I, my hope and prayer and the whole purpose of doing this is to encourage you sister and myself as we walk along this journey, um, just waiting to see what God does in us and through us and in our prodigals. Love you. Have a great day. And I hope to be back with you again soon. Bye-bye.